Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, super achievers. In this episode, I'm interviewing Chris Burris. Some may call him a mad scientist, but don't let the lab coat fool you. Chris has an extensive background in a diverse range of areas, including mechanical engineering, comedy improv artist, oil and gas explosives, and competitive soccer, to name a few. Welcome, Chris. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Christina. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Well, I love that you call yourself a mad scientist, or I guess some may call you a mad scientist, and your varied background. So let's just dive in. I think we're going to go all over the place in this interview. Um, I, that's how I prefer it, right? Because <laughs> you know the, the the really interesting discoveries happen on the edges of certain things, not right in the middle. Yes, exactly. So let's just start out with. I'm very curious. Mechanical engineering, comedy improv, oil and gas explosives. Competitive soccer, <laughs> SEO, <laughs> share some more. <laughs> so wait, are, are you suggesting that those things don't go together naturally? Isn't, <laughs> isn't everyone uh, have a patent in explosives and also does search engine optimization? <laughs> of course, I do. Yes, you know, every minute of the day. No, I don't know. <laughs> As you can imagine, each one of each kind of each one of those things has a, a, a different story behind it. Um, kind of the genesis of how I ended up there. Mechanical engineering, really, uh, I knew from a very, very young age that I wanted to be an entrepreneur uh, and, and that was going to be very important to me. And, and mechanical engineering was really kind of a fast degree way to a high salary. And with that mm. salary, I could support whatever entrepreneurial endeavor I was going to you know, get involved with. And so um, it just turns out that while I was still pursuing my mechanical engineering degree, I also got minors in computer science and math. Uh, I, I met my business partner and and we ended up starting a, a company together uh, that manufactured carbon nanomaterials. So, you know, comedy improv, engineering, carbon nanomaterials, that all goes together. <laughs> I love it. So I, I need to know more about the comedy improv. <laughs> so um, there's a the, the, the way that worked is my wife uh, ha- is in the Big Brothers, Big Sisters program. And there there was a group here that was called Third Coast Comedy, and they were doing, you know, a support event for Big Brothers, Big Sisters. So bring your little or and the bigs would go to this and they actually ended up doing a performance. It was right down the street. Uh, one day my wife was like, hey, you want to come to this? And I was like, wow, well, I, I think I think that it could be very interesting. And, you know, I have a varied experience, so I might be able to add some value. So I went to this thing and they were actually having a teaser course on comedy improv that Friday. And so I went to that teaser course and I just I loved it. It was just felt really natural to me. So I immediately signed up for uh, the first round. And at the time, they didn't have a regularly performing troupe. And I ended up taking that first course again and just did really well in it. It was very natural to me. Um, And I'll explain that in a second. But they invited me to be part of their regular troupe. And so. Uh, I was performing uh, professional comedy improv for for about five years. The reason that was so natural to me, one time my mom came to the show and I asked her afterwards, was like, well, what'd you think of the show? And she goes, well, it felt very much like us sitting around at the dinner table. Uh, So I, you know, I didn't didn't realize it. But at the dinner table, 
we would always, my family would always like take a word and use another meaning and throw in when we got old enough, throw in a double entendre. And, and so we were always playing word games and, and being creative with language. And so that just, you know, that's, that's what Im- a lot of improv is. And so, yeah, it was a, it was a, it's a great part of my life. And, and I think helps me in, in almost anything you do, you know, if you're in a meeting and things get a little bit quiet, and some people might be uncomfortable. I just think back to the times when I was on stage, when people had paid to see me and it was quiet and uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes the meeting, you know, seem less, uh, less nerve wracking. Uh, improv and they teach it to leaders. They teach it to trainers, podcast hosts. No, okay. <laughs> I think that, I think the fundamentals of, of improv are really, I mean, they're really important and, and people I, I think don't really recognize how important it is. You know, one of the things that they said in the course is, okay, so everybody, how many people woke up today, picked up your script for the day, memorized it, and then went on about your day? Uh, the point, <laughs> right? The point being that it's all improv. We're improving all the time. And exactly. the rules of improv are significantly more collaborative than than what we tend to do on a daily basis. You know, rule number one in improv is what's called yes and. I kind of have left that message anytime I've had the opportunity to train people on personal development. It's been, you know, think about yes and, not yes but. Because when you use the word but, it negates everything that you just said. So I could say like, Christina, you know, your shirt looks wonderful. Your hair is great today. But, and as soon as I say but, like, it doesn't matter that your shirt is wonderful and your hair looks great. It only matters that I'm about to say some negative stuff, right? And if you say and, even if you're in the situation where you disagree, if you have a polar opposite opinion, and still bridges that gap and allows you to make progress. Because one of the things that actually helped the comedy improv troupe do corporate training, and one of the things that you end up with is, you know, if you've got a subordinate who comes with an idea, and it's, you know, because of your position as the as the leader, you kind of recognize the flaws in it. If you say yes, but you kind of negate it. But if you say, and I just used but right there, and I'm going to be really cognizant of it. And if you say, Hey, uh, you know, hey, Tom, that's a really wonderful idea. And what I think we're going to do is this for these reasons is totally different than Tom. That's a great idea. But right. right. That just that just negate. So so it's significantly more bridge building than bridge collapsing, if you will. So I think it's really important and has a dramatic effect on on kind of my leadership and and then really how I communicate in general. Oh, huge. Right. I, I am a big fan of yes. And I teach it to everyone so that I can say, are you yes, budding me? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the key purpose to teach that, isn't it? Exactly. Yes? And I'm using it with my kids. And I was surprised by three, my kids were correcting themselves and I, and I still, it's amazing. Right. And I, and I still yeah. use it, use it now. Right. Cause, cause it really is. It's just a total negation. It's like, daddy, yes, but, and you're like, well, yeah, that doesn't mean anything. It means actually no. And so, um, so they're, it's great that they're kind of learning this at a very, very young age. Yeah. Well, and so for your current journey at the long of several different journeys, right? Yes. <laughs> you, you are on a mission to help people live longer, healthier, lives essentially. So can you share a little more about that? Yeah. Um, so as it turns out, um, and this is maybe a phrase we could throw in with improv, you know, uh, oil and gas explosives, uh, accidental supplement isn't like, aren't uh-huh. people accident supplement guys. I, I, so the, 
the, I think the way that most people become a supplement person, that's a person who sells supplements is, is one of two ways. One of them is they, they want to get wealthy and, you know, they put together a supplement and they sell it. Uh, and, and I have no problem with people being wealthy. It's just not how I ended up being a supplement guy. The other one is that some people have their own kind of physical ailments or maybe somebody in their family, a loved one has them and they do all this research and they find these solutions, these supplement solutions, and now they want to go and save the world. And I don't have any problem. Uh, hopefully it doesn't surprise you. I have no problem saving the world, but it's, it's just not. Uh, <laughs> and it's just not how I ended up here, right? <laughs> really, I've been manufacturing a material, started the company. I mentioned I was going to school for mechanical engineering. My business partner, Robert Wong, was actually working at the Texas Center for Superconductivity, uh, separating uh, this material called Carbon 60. And that material at the time was selling for $6,000 a gram. His professor was like, hey, you're a young kid. You should start this business. My business partner, Robert Wong, was like, from an entrepreneurial background and just jumped on it. Uh, we had met in physics, and so uh, he he enlisted my help for doing the drawings and the heat transfer involved in this process is to build the, the the first reactor that we built to manufacture these carbon nanomaterials, and 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 so I've been selling that material, those carbon nanomaterials, since 1991 and 2012, and actually those materials were discovered in 1985 won the Nobel Prize by 1996, which is a really short time for a Nobel Prize win. And in 2012, because they kind of felt that this material would be ubiquitous in our society, they did this toxicity study. Uh, it was out of the University of Paris. And basically, they gave rats water, olive oil. And here's where I start to make the distinction between C60 and what we call ESS60. C60 is for industrial applications. If you process it improperly, it's actually been shown to be harmful to animals. Uh, and then ESS60 is C60 that's been processed for safer human consumption. So they gave these rats water, olive oil, and olive oil with ESS60 in it. And instead of being toxic, again, this was a toxicity study, it turned out that those rats that they gave the ESS60 in olive oil, and that's, that's the My Vital C formulation, the ones that they gave that formulation to actually live 90% longer than the control group. Wow. Yeah. It's the single longest longevity experiment on mammals known to man. And I am on a quest. One of, you know, one of my quests, right, is to, to help people uh, live longer and live healthier. One of to kind of to, to support that is if you're, anyone in your audience is aware of a longevity experiment on mammals, of course, peer-reviewed and published. Uh, that exceeds 90%, then I, I need to know about it. I've been searching, you know, all ResearchGate is the is the the place to look for um, research papers. I can't find anything that that's that's better. So it is the longest longevity experiment that I'm aware of. Wow. So as you're talking, what this kind of reminds me is the story of penicillin, mm -hmm. how they were developing, what is it, petrol, oil or something? And then they just figured out penicillin from that? Is this a similar situation? Think oh, I'm thinking of aspirin. It, that that may have, yeah. <laughs> Either way, it doesn't, we don't have to go down that tangent, but it just reminded me of, so you're doing oil and gas explosives and then you've discovered this longevity. <laughs> uh, really cool thing, it sounds like. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And, and it's, I think it's really important. Like it's, it's not my discovery. I'm just the, one of the, the partners who put together the company. Oh, exactly. That, you yeah. know, that was the first one to deliver commercial quantities of these carbon nanomaterials. 
now I'm a supplement guy and I'm, and I'm as, as, um, skeptical as anyone out there like, <laughs> for all of 2018, people would call and give us these testimonials about these benefits they're getting. And the scientist in me was like, uh, great. Thank you for talking about that. I don't know what to do with that information. I don't know. I want more research behind those. And so now we're actually taking the first steps to reproduce that original rat experiment, you know, on our own dime, because that's the right thing to do next. Yeah. Wow. So when people want to achieve more, they tend to, you know, look to exercise, nutrition, supplements. How can someone interested in health supplements avoid fraudulent products, you know, be able to identify scams? Yeah, I think um, so. So in our case, right, in our industry, I, I think it's pretty simple. We've been selling to research institutions since 1991. That is one of the most stringent institutions to sell into. Imagine uh, you're selling a product into a, a group of people who have the equipment to actually test your product, right? So it's yeah. not like in general, you sell a supplement to a lot of people and nobody has an HPLC or a spectrometer at their house. And so they're unable to you know, do these kinds of <laughs> what tests. What are you talking right? about? I have one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got one in my car, right? It's the new mobile version. <laughs> so I can test my food at the drive-thru. Um, there you go. <laughs> so we've been selling into these researchers. And and so we know what it is to make an ex a standard standardized product and to make it really well, right? To, to, to At the level that you can sell into a research market. Um, right. So in our case, it's us. And it's one of the reasons we created this demarcation between C60 uh, and ESS60. There's actually, we're a pretty new industry, right? The study was in 2012, really started kicking off in 2017. If you think about kind of burgeoning industries right now, uh, CBD is just, you know, on a rampage, right? There's right. Know about where you live, but where we live, there's actually CBD shops popping up. There's, you know, CBDs in the news all the time. It's, it's yeah. all over the place. And in our product, right, the raw material, again, for industrial applications is called C60, ESS60 for putting in your body. There's already people who are selling C60, and, and really I'm doing air quotes here, and actually don't have any C60 in the product. One of the first videos I made because I was so frustrated um, was a video taking that product and proving that it doesn't have C60, which is an incredibly easy test, right? If you take mm -hmm. this product was in sunflower seed oil. If you take sunflower seed oil and you put C60 in it, it turns purple, right? That's just what it does. Ah. If you filter it, it stays purple because that that ESS 60 is actually in solution, just like if you were to say you're trying to separate sugar in sand, you know, you would put it in water, the sugar would go into solution and go through the filter and the stand would stay on top. His product is not purple. It's actually black, murky, uncomfortable looking. Um, <laughs> and if you, if you filter it, all the black stuff stays on top of the filter and what comes through is clear sunflower seed oil. If it had Again, if it had ESS 60 in it, it would be purple. And so that was one of the first videos I did. And and I'm not, you know, I think in general, it's a bad idea to bash people in your in your market. The problem is, is he's selling something. I don't think he knows exactly what he's selling. And if his product harms anyone, the FDA could come down and shut this whole industry down. And he's not even really in the industry because he's not yeah. selling Z60. And so I think you've just got to, do a little bit of research. We've always been available on the phone. 
look for some pedigree. I did a video once that talked about, you know, what to look for. You want to make sure that they have a website, that, they, that they're not fly by night, that they didn't just put their website up yesterday. That's not saying that somebody who, you know, gets into the game today can't provide a decent product. But in, in our industry, what I would say is, is that uh, ESS60 is kind of the demarcation of, of a high quality product that you can have confidence in. Cool. So keep an eye out, right? Yes. Uh, look for, it sounds like look for different ways of testing. Now, do you have, so you said you put up a video, is that on your website? Yeah, you can find that on, uh, on YouTube, you know, okay. how, how to find, and I'm about to revamp those videos, but you can, if you search my name on YouTube, you can find a number of videos. I got a number of videos and I'll be redoing those because it's really important to kind of create this, again, ESS 60 safe for human consumption, uh, C60 uh, for industrial applications. But yeah, you can find it by searching Chris Burris. We're talking about health stuff. Uh, What about sleep? I know sometimes people want to use sleep aids and they can be do more harm than good. Can you share some more on that? Yeah. So there's a book. I highly, highly recommend this book. It's called Why We Sleep. And it's a it's a it's a really, really good book. It's also really, really scary because it outlines exactly like with scientific data, the detrimental things that happen to you when you don't get sleep. Right. So Mm -hmm. the fact that cardiac failures go failures go up without sleep, the fact that your your insulin and, and blood sugar can go more out of control when you don't have sleep. Of course, your the impact on your cognitive abilities, like all of these things are are negatively impact when you don't sleep. And I think as a society, we kind of all know that there's this hand waving you've got to get like you have to get sleep unless you have something else to do. Right. Like, and, <laughs> and, and that's not the, if you read this book, hopefully that shifts you from just, you've got to get your sleep. In fact, if you have something else to do, you need to get your sleep and then do it. Cause you're actually going to do it better and you're going right. to be healthy and around longer. And what w- we get a lot of reports. And anytime I start talking about reports, it's important. You know, we've got this, this, uh, uh longevity study. We've got that hard peer reviewed research. And then I'm going to be talking about testimonials and, and, you know, it's not, I I don't want to present these as peer reviewed studies. These are testimonials and I'll talk about them. And when I start talking about testimonials, it is important to share that the FDA has not um, uh, evaluated the product. It's not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh, Mm -hmm. Better sleep is one of the consistent testimonials. That book, Why We Sleep, talks about the $2 billion quote unquote sleep aid industry and how what it does is it knocks you out. Uh, it relieves the chemical pressure that causes a desire for sleep. So you wake up the next day and go, oh, well, I don't feel like I need any more sleep. What it doesn't do is it doesn't let you get REM or NREM sleep, right? So knocks you mm-hmm. out, not, not healthy. It's also important to note in that initial study, so a typical Worcester rat will live about 32 months. Uh, the rats given ESS-60 in olive oil, uh, that's the My Vital C formulation, they lived 60 months. So 32 is a typical, and that's when the control group that was given water died. The rats that were given ESS-60 in olive oil lived 62 months. They actually, uh, they, were, they were down to two rats. They euthanized the last rat after one of them died. Um, imagine this, you're doing this, this toxicity study, a typical Worcester rat lives 32 months. So certainly your toxicity study is going to be done by month 32, right? 
because right. probably they're supposed to be dead before then because the material is supposed to be toxic. <laughs> now you're at month 62 <laughs> and you're like, OK, we got one more rat. Uh, it's time to euthanize it and, you know, and, and pull the data that we need. Um, those wow. rats, even though they live 62 months, none of them had tumors. Typical Worcester rats and all the Worcester rats in this study died with tumors at 32 months, approximately 32 months. These lived an additional 30 months and did not have any tumors. So uh, there are certainly some implications of, of anti-tumor. And it's very important to note that there's a big, big difference between an anti-cancer and an anti-cancer cure and a cancer inhibitor, right? So, right. So, you know, those are two very different things. And it, it, it does not cure cancer. Yes, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, not, we're not saying that. Um, there are people <laughs> who are looking into it. And in fact, in, in Petri dishes, they've taken cancer cells and healthy cells and then introduced anti-cancer agents, right, which are always poisons. Um, and the presence of ESS-60 actually helped the anti-cancer agent attack the cancer cells and actually helped protect the healthy cells from that anti-cancer agent. Um, so there are people looking at, and actually we've had a, a group, um, kind of cutting edge group out of Mexico visit us a couple of times, and we're working on some kind of protocols that we could start introducing um, you know, pr pretty quickly for really extreme cases. And so we're not saying that it's certainly not off the table. Yeah, but it does sound like you found the fountain of youth, <laughs> right? My words, I know, not yours, <laughs> right? No, um, I mean ninety percent longer. I, I I feel like that's probably better than uh, well, you've got you know the 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 what Louis Pasteur did for us with antibiotics certainly has has extended the life of man, and then we haven't really had any kind of leapfrog change since that. And and maybe this is that leapfrog change. I know genetic engineering is going to have. A significant impact. And some people are saying that that it's either the current generation or maybe the next generation may never die uh, based on the medical technology that we get. I don't know what that means for the planet. That's a different, <laughs> different topic. Wow. I did just read a book, which was interesting, which is saying, hey, you need to do everything you can in order to live whatever little bit that the current technology allows you to so that you can be around when the technology to allow you to live forever exists right how yeah it would suck to be the last human to die <laughs> yes it would right like so close and you didn't make it so i can tell you a lot of people when i say hey here's a product it, it, if you're looking to live longer there is no better researched material on the planet like, like there's nothing out there that has this kind of extension in life with good research the next best way to live longer is to starve yourself almost half to death, and then you can get about a 30% increase in lifespan. So I don't know about you, but I'm not signing up for that particular regiment. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. There's quality of life and there's quantity of life. <laughs> and that goes exactly to what I was about to say, which is often people say, well, I don't want to live 90% longer. And then I, I'm like, well, what if you had your health and your vision and um, your mobility and your cognitive capabilities. And then like, oh, well then, yeah, of course. So, <laughs> yep. It's so built in. In fact, even the search volume for the phrase, you know, live longer or longevity supplements are, are pretty low. There aren't a lot of people out there trying to figure out how to live longer. Um, most are just trying to live healthier with whatever years they're given. 
And exactly. what we're seeing is that you know people the, the, with the testimonials that we're getting, it's it's highly unlikely that these rats lived ninety percent longer and were decrepit the last thirty months of their life, right? If they're yeah. Im- immobile, then that's going to cause other issues, and they would would have passed sooner. So there there are, and that goes in line with the testimonials that we're getting as it relates, like you say, to an antioxidant and to an anti-inflammatory. Ooh, so it's something I just thought of. And I, you can tell me no, if yeah, you want. Yeah. But, you know, people have beloved pets. Yes, we have Does, a pet, we have pet versions uh, of our product. Really? Yeah. So one of my kind of cool testimonials. It's actually from from our largest distributor here in Houston. Uh, she actually initially bought the product for her pet because some people were recommending it for her pet, and she saw saw the impact on her pet that her pet looked younger and acted, you know, significantly long, younger. And then she decided that this was like, if that's going to work, by the way, with a pet, what's interesting is there's no placebo effect, right? Humans take yeah. something and we're like, <laughs> Hey, I'm better just because I took that something. And it's amazing how powerful placebo is uh, with pets. You don't have that same impact. The dog isn't tricking itself to, you know, act more puppy-like and to you know, have healthier fur. Um, yeah. Right. It's just, it, it's, it just is what it is. And so Gwen actually started taking, uh, taking the product and, and, and report actually, she's one of the ones and many people, this is not something you take and you like have a, sh- a surge of energy and you feel like Thor, right? Right, right. away or Wonder Woman, which, whatever the case may be. It's, it's actually a product you take and you sleep better and you start to notice things over time. And she was one who, you know, we've had a, a couple of conversations. I did a, a couple of videos with her and she's like, I didn't really notice anything until I started taking stock in my life that I was waking up a little bit earlier. I didn't need that afternoon coffee which is more my story than hers. I don't, I'm not even sure she drinks coffee. Um, and, and then she could actually work later into the evening. And so it was, it, those are all kind of subtle. So like you have one day where you wake up a little early and, and go to sleep a little bit late, but you're not really tired. You, you don't really notice it. Right. And, yeah. and, and then you, if you look back and say, oh, well, I started taking my vital C on this date. And then since then I've noticed these things. Is there any final piece of advice or anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Let's see, from a business perspective. So uh, I've owned a a number of businesses. I think it's really important to be able to say no. You know, if you think about some of the most successful people, however you define success, some of the most successful people are people who have the ability to say no. They have the exact same 24 hours as all of us. And the ability to, to say no to things allows them to focus on the things that are going to allow to, to allow them to be more successful. There's a, a phrase that I really like, which is uh, sometimes opportunity isn't right. So you've got to like it. You've got to be really careful because sometimes you're in the middle of it and you've got this quote unquote lovely opportunity. And it turns out that it's it's not it's actually going to be a distraction. So. Um, so, so be willing to say no, uh, is, is I think really important from, from a success standpoint. Very wisely stated. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today, Chris. Excellent. Please note, this interview is not an endorsement of My Vital C's products. If you'd like to learn more about Chris, visit his website at myvitalc.com. He's even offering a $15 off coupon for our listeners. See the show notes for more information. 
Did you know that time is not your most limiting resource? To find out how to increase your productivity and have more time to do the things you love, visit secrettosuperproductivity.com.